Grace, mercy, and peace are yours this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's easier to talk about the Jesus who walks on water than the Jesus who made the disciples get into the boat before the winds and waves pulled it from the land and soaked them to their very bones. It's easier to talk about the Jesus who didn't have to take baths as a kid if he didn't want to because, you know, he could just float above the tub than it is about the God who made them wrestle with the control of the waves because he could have stopped that storm any old time he wanted to but let this thing go into the fourth watch of the night. And the wind was against them, which is an understatement. Sort of like when somebody asks you, hey, how's it going? And you say, okay. The wind was against them in the kind of way that if the water didn't splash them, it beat them. The wind was against them in the way that took control of their boat away from them. And these fishermen spent enough time on the water to know that if they go under this late and this much dark and this much wind, they'll die. They're surrounded by death right now. And it's washing over them, just to make clear the point. So, I mean, it's great that Jesus walked on the water in a storm, but if you ignore the reality that he also made the disciples go out into what just might have killed them, you'll miss the point. Both were done out of mercy. It's easy to find the Jesus who walks on water then calms the storm and be uplifted by that as long as you squint so that you don't realize that he might just be saving the disciples from himself. But in the middle of the night, surrounded by death, the deeper truth is that Jesus rescued the disciples from the misconception that calm is the same as peace. And that's important. Because when Christianity confuses calm and peace, it offers neither. But still so often, we want to describe our faith as a calmed storm, not a present Lord. We gravitate towards pictures of sunsets on the beach or scenic mountains, quiet plains, pictures of calm. They're beautiful. They really are. It's just that the problem with using scenic landscapes to symbolize your faith as a calm feeling isn't just that those moments are few and very far between, if we're going to be honest. It's that the pictures of calm are nicer, but they don't actually offer help to anybody who happens to be in a storm, do they? See, it's a lot easier to appreciate the miracle of walking on water from the shore when you're not being tossed about by the wind and the waves. It's a lot harder to sing hymns while trying to keep the boat from overturning as you are surrounded by death. But when Christianity is nothing more than an unshakable calm feeling, the only place that people can't admit to actually struggling is the church. You know, the one place God built as a refuge for them. When it's easier to admit to struggling with your deep-seated beliefs in a bar than it is in a church, 
you might be doing it wrong. But we imagine that a thriving faith is the kind that can walk on water and not sink. Still, I wonder how many people who would criticize St. Peter for the doubt that sunk him into the sea also took swim lessons. When Peter saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? See, when Christianity confuses calm for peace, anyone who actually gets caught struggling inside of it must be measured by their struggle and not their God. So we would count Peter as weak, not rescued. O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? O ye of little faith, why would you think that would stop God from working? O ye of little faith, doubt all you want won't stop God from pulling you up out of the water. See, the disciples were anything but calm. Peter doubted. But God still saved. And all of this is given to you so that you'll stop measuring the storm, stop measuring the calm, stop measuring your faith, and start looking to your God. Lord, save me. This is what Peter cried. And it might not be the cry of somebody who can walk on water without a care, but it's the faith that turns toward God. You know, the God who rescues us. See, it's not that doubt is good. It's that God is so good that he won't wait until we have everything figured out and never question it for a second in order for him to draw near and save us who clearly don't need saving anymore because we can walk on water all by ourselves. And even as Jesus reaches down into the depths to pull us back, the disciples, wrestling with the storm, know what's happening. The storm is death to them, but Jesus walks over death while they struggle with it. They actually figured he was a ghost at first because they thought the only thing that can walk on death must be from evil. It must be a ghost. But God promises, take heart. It is I. Don't be afraid. Because the best place to find God isn't the calm mountain landscape. It's in the middle of the storm, walking right over death where he belongs. The best place to find God is not free from the burdens and the pains and the sins and the deaths of this world. It's up there on that cross, carrying all of it for you, for Peter, for me, for all. The best place to find God is rising from the dead after conquering all of it. See, this isn't just a Christianity that can endure a storm every now and then. It's one that even dares to thrive in spite of the storm. Because some storms, God sends. And some, the devil, the prince of the air. The thing is, you're never actually going to sort out who sent it in the middle of it. The only difference is that Jesus uses his to draw you closer to himself, and the devil uses his to pull you farther away from God. God tests in order to strengthen faith. The devil tempts in order to destroy it. So stop looking at the storm. Stop questioning where it came from, and instead, look to the God who draws near to save regardless. Always. 
Because in reality, Christianity is not Christians copying Jesus to walk on water. It's Jesus pulling up sinking sinners out of a watery grave. Even though we doubt, Christ pulls us up out of the water. Even though we lose focus on God in the middle of our storms, he does not lose focus on us. He reaches down into death itself, and he pulls us back out. And he dies upon the cross for you. And he rises from the dead, taking you with him. And if Christ can pull you out of the grave, you know what? Go ahead. Let your calm be damaged. Set aside the idea that calm is the same as peace. Peace. Peace is knowing that God draws near to save even those who struggle, those who sin, those who doubt, and those who sink. Peace is knowing that Jesus joins you in the storm to pull you out of death. Peace can even then exist with the storm because it knows Jesus will be there too. And that means that we can find peace, even when we sink into death. Because we know God will just pull us back out into life. Christianity confuses calm and peace. It offers neither. Because I wish that I could promise you if you just believe enough, you'll walk on water and nothing bad will ever happen to you. But you won't believe enough. And I can't promise you that. But worse, you never actually will have any kind of peace in the storms that do come in your life, no matter who sends them. Because you'll only measure God's presence by whether or not the wind's blowing, not by whether or not he's there to pull you out of the water. Forget all about calm and know the peace that surpasses understanding. Know the Jesus who draws near to you to save. Because Jesus gives peace that doesn't need calm. Just the promise from the God who saves us sinners. You don't have to be afraid of the water anymore. You don't have to be afraid of the prince of the air and any storm he might send. Maybe the waves will beat you too, but they cannot hurt you because you have already been stung by water. You have already been drowned once. In your baptism, the old Adam inside us, he was stung, he was drowned, he was hung out upon that cross, united with Christ in his death, that we would also be united with him in the resurrection, that we would be pulled out of the water, that the new man inside of us would daily emerge and arise to live victorious free in Christ. This is the promise, that just as Christ has risen above death and the grave, we too will rise. In our baptism, just as Christ walks above the waters, we will be brought with him over any wave and through any storm. Christianity is the promise of peace given in Jesus, that he is with you in your baptism until that very last hour, at the very end of the night, when he finally returns into his boat, his ark, his ship that is the church, and on that glorious hour, when Christ returns as judge, the wind will cease, because Satan, the prince of the air, is once and all defeated. And on that day, all of our troubles will end, and all of our pains will vanish, and we will live with our Lord and Savior forever in peace. But even if the wind is blowing today, even if the storm is very real, always remember where your God puts himself for you with you, for you, and have peace. In the name of Jesus, amen.